the Eighth Circuit Network. We make things, put them in your brain. Hi and welcome to Funk Radio, your favorite podcast for all your favorite funk and soul hits. My name is Peter. And my name is Kyle. So Kyle, today I thought it would be kind of cool to delve into the realm of video games since we've never really done that before on the show. So I thought that would be a pretty cool thing to do. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty funny because obviously we do a funk and soul themed show and you don't really associate those genres very much with video games. Yeah. But we actually stumbled across a video game that we both have that actually has a pretty good uh, soundtrack of like both contemporary and classic soul and funky hits yeah it was kind of unexpected actually because um you introduced me to this game which is called driver san francisco mm-hmm. you're more into like the, the driving games i think yeah so yeah. like how would how would you describe this in comparison to other ones okay well for any of you that are old enough to have owned either like a playstation one or ps2 you guys know of the driver series of games it was actually a really popular sort of racing semi-open world kind of series and this game driver san francisco which came out a few years ago is their latest installment and it's basically an open world driving slash racing video game where there's some sort of like loose story about a guy who like is chasing a bad guy and then he ends up in a coma and then in this like magical coma world so like in his mind he's not in a coma uh he's he just you know woke up from the crash whatever it's kind of like an alternate reality almost yeah but then he has this weird power where during the game he can like jump to any car driving on the street in San Francisco that he that he wants. So it's like a, it's then, like an out of body experience, but he can kind of like switch himself to any driver in the city. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's probably the weirdest sort of backstory idea that ever came out of a driving game to try to introduce this new gameplay mechanic, which I don't think they ever I don't think any game has ever done. I think that's what drew me to it because as much as I used to love driving games as a kid when you break it down they're all the same and right. this one definitely has like a very special if not kind of corny feel to it yeah well i know in um grand theft auto you can switch cars but i guess you can't like you can't hop between them you just have to like punch the people and then drag them out of the car yeah i mean i mean this is like grand theft auto if you took out all the hookers and guns <laughs> yeah it's, it's grand theft auto if all you can do is drive around the city and smash into cars and stuff actually yeah that's literally all you can do in this game is drive so <laughs> Hence the name. Yay. Anyway, so so that, that's a little bit about the game itself. But what I was going to say, it was actually kind of unexpected. Because when I started playing this game, I was like, oh, wow. Basically, all they're playing is, is funk music. Which is kind of interesting, considering it's modern-day setting and it's only a couple of years old. From what I was reading about the game, even before I purchased it, it they really kind of tried to go for that sort of hokey 70s car chase theme movies. So I think that's why they tried to have it like modern plus classic because even in the game he drives like a 71 yellow 71 camaro Mm -hmm. which is pretty much a classic sort of 70s car so it kind of it kind of takes a lot of its story arc and just gameplay from those cheesy 70s car chase films that were really popular well we are thankful for that because music is pretty good (laughs) yeah yeah no there's a lot of good um artists and it's funny because in the cars you drive it's like a radio it's i got not really a radio but whatever you can um change songs or whatever as you're driving and there's like probably like at least 50 songs in the soundtrack that they picked from that are like all pretty much amazing yeah and a certain 
percentage of those are funk and soul music, and a high percentage at that, because, I mean, it seems like every other song I'm hearing in this game is in this style, so pretty cool. One of the first artists that I think it's actually the first song that plays when, when you start the game, Yeah. because it just starts at, like a song, and then you, as you drive it goes to different songs, is uh, the song Rock Steady by Aretha Franklin, which is actually a really classic song of hers that she released in 1971 from her album Young, Gifted, and Black. Side note, the single actually reached number nine spot on the Billboard Hot 100 charts in the same year it was released, hmm. and peaked at number two on the best-selling Soul Singles chart. So it was a pretty pretty popular song then. Yeah, and um, I think that song does a really good job of kind of introducing you to the style of the game itself, because it kind of immerses you in that sort of like 70s flash throwback kind of world. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been actually pretty cool if they had themed it to be taking place back then. Actually, maybe not, because then they wouldn't have all the cars that they have in it, the game. It would, yeah, it would be cool, but 70s was kind of notorious for having really slow cars. Maybe what they could do is, it's still modern day and everything, but just like it just feels like the 70s for some reason. Yeah, the, they could obviously have pushed that a bit, but like if it was actually set in the 70s, I personally wouldn't want to go around San Francisco driving like a, you know, one of those giant 70s Cadillacs or something. <laughs> that doesn't sound very fun. Although they would probably be a lot stronger than today's Yes. Car. <laughs> yeah. They, they were based, they called them land boats. They were <laughs> basically like, you know, 14 feet long, giant hunks of steel. I can dig it. Yay. Well, let's go ahead and listen to a clip of Rocksteady by Aretha Franklin. one that i always think of when i hear aretha franklin but it is i I would consider it one of her better songs yeah it's funny a lot of the songs that they picked for this game are like lesser known songs by famous artists maybe they don't want it to be distracting to the player because they'll go oh this is that one popular song and that might be kind of annoying or distracting yeah i'm sure even more than that because uh anytime a video game uses a song it has to buy royalties Right, just like yeah. else, so they probably picked lesser-known songs, so it was cheaper. That's a good point. Because I don't think the game had a massively huge budget, since driving games are kind of dead nowadays with the advent of online stuff. That's true. Which is a shame, because that was probably my favorite genre of game as a kid. Hmm. I had a question, because yes. you said that this is from her album Young, Gifted, and Black. Yes. I know that Donny Hathaway performed a song also called Young, Gifted, and Black. I w- I'm not really sure who was first in that name yeah that's uh i'm gonna look up just really quick well donny hathaway actually di- was among the personnel on this album of hers so oh that's cool oh so actually the song was originally by nina simone so oh, okay so aretha franklin and, and okay so donny hathaway did his cover in 1970 on his album everything is everything and then aretha franklin did her cover two years later on this album yeah no, i honestly had no idea that, that was originally a nina simone song now that I think about it, it, it kind of sounds like some of her other stuff, but mm. I always just think it was an Aretha Franklin original. Should we go on to our next song, then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So our next song is called Go-Go Train by Big Joe Lewis and the Soul Investigators. So we can't really find any single solitary things on these guys anywhere, basically, which is a little bit too bad. 
but something something that I think we both recognize this song is that we played it on our old funk radio college show um, back in the day. So that's actually where I recognize this song from. Yeah. We do at least know that they are contemporary, but I think beyond that, we don't really know much about them. It's a really cool song, though. It is. I did searches everywhere. Wikipedia, Google, Spotify. No one has anything on these guys. I like The album that I even found it off of wasn't even like their album it was like a compilation of a bunch of different contemporary artists uh. and this was just the one of the songs on that album so i don't even know if this is like a single for them or if they have other songs they're the most interesting band in the world <laughs> yeah it's too bad we can't say much about these guys but um well let's go ahead and listen to a clip of a go-go train so that you can hear what it sounds like This one seems it, may, it might just be me since I recognize it, but it seems this one seems to come up a lot when I'm playing the the game. Yeah, I, I think it's a very distinct song, especially the intro to the song because of his little like "Go Go Train, You Stay Here" line or whatever it is. But yeah, it's it's definitely a really unique song. I really hope these guys either come up with more stuff or actually do have an album that we just managed to not be able to find because it's really it's a really good song. And it has a good. It sound really sounds like. Kind of the old. It uh, reminds me a lot of like Otis Redding meets uh, BT Express. Yeah, like, yeah. Cross between those two guys. That's a good way to put it, actually. So yeah, moving along with some other songs that pop up in the game. Driving along. Yes, as you're driving along the streets of San Francisco, smashing into cars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, maybe just because I haven't played driving games in so long, I really suck at driving in these games. <laughs> like. Because you have to use the handbrake a lot yeah. in the game to drift around corners, and I'd forget to use it, so I just end up plowing into like the sides of buildings. Well, because you also have like the the little like the boost thing. There's a boost. At, oh, you got that. that. Okay, well, you do have a boost at some point. When I'm coming up to a corner, instead of braking, I sometimes press the boost. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm starting to get a little better at the the handling. I think it depends on the type of car you have too. Oh, definitely. Oh my gosh, it's a funny anecdote about when I was playing the game. So I, I apparated, I guess, into a bus. Because <laughs> that's one of the vehicles, I guess, you can drive in the game. So I was having fun just smashing things. And I was on a freeway, and I hit head-on with one of those uh, trucks that have the ramps that load a bunch of cars on oh, the yeah. truck. And I was hit pushing it backwards. And then a bus was coming from the same direction as the car. And because I pushed it into the bus, the bus went up the ramp and jumped over me. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay... God, there's so many times in that game where I'm like, wow, the physics in this are just real enough where it's convincing, but then it's also really fake. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, the physics are just like, okay, really? A bus would just be destroyed if it did that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of moments where, like, if you did this in real life, everything in life would just be destroyed, but you kind of just, like, hit it yeah. and keep going. You know what I found I really like to do in the game is I get a car, I try to get it up to, like, a really fast top speed down a straightaway, mm-hmm. and then I leave the car, and then hop into a car that it's about to run into. Oh my god. And then just have it smashed into me, because I'm perpetually five years old. <laughs> but yeah, getting back on musical topics, another song that comes up a lot when you're driving in the game is the song As Good As I Can Feel by Funkadelic. And for those of you that don't know, 
Funkadelic is a sort of break-off slash fringe group of the very famous funk group Parliament Funkadelic. It's really weird and very, very confusing because at one point there was a band named Parliament and a band named Funkadelic, and then they joined up to become Parliament Funkadelic, but then they did their own side projects. It's bizarre. Well, I remember watching a small interview with the leader George Clinton once, and he was, he was, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was explaining that, like, that they were, they both had different purposes, the two different bands, because I think Funkadelic was supposed to be more, a little bit more of a rock group, and then Parliament was, I don't remember what it, how he described it, but um, it was, it actually kind of made sense. But yeah, no, it's, because at the point that there were two separate bands, Funkadelic kind of always took a backseat to the more popular group, Parliament, but they have, they kind of stand out in their own right, because they have, obviously, a different influence musically from Parliament, as, they're more of a sort of psychedelic rock band influenced by artists like Jimi Hendrix and Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I would, con- uh, yeah, actually, probably something right in between those two. It was probably what Funkadelic would be considered. Exactly. It's really funny, though, because um, in researching, I guess, George Clinton used to be in the early 60s in like a doo group, which is like the last thing you would think George Clinton would hmm. be in. And that par- that doo-wop group was called the Parliaments. But I guess they ran inch into an issue with another label because, like, I don't know, I think they had, like, a similar name or mm. something. They, he said, screw it, dropped the name The Parliaments and changed the name to Funkadelic and then kept the band members but kind of went in a different direction musically mm. to be less doo-wop and more psychedelic because by the late 60s, that was what was popular. Right. But, it, yeah, it's really funny, like, just how much crap that, like, Parliament and Funkadelic and George Clinton just got into <laughs> in, like, the probably 15 to 20-year span of his career because yeah. even with parliament there were problems where like his his recording label which was like parliament something got bought out by another by a larger label and then they wanted to change their sound yeah. and so he was like he was butting heads with them and there was like problems with all the different band members because the fame kind of got to their heads yeah there were a lot of different high profile members in these groups so i can see how that could yeah happen. this this band would be like an awesome subject of like a really cool biopic or documentary i think yeah that'd be cool just because of how bizarre they're like band's life story is yeah but yeah um i digress let's actually not really <laughs> not really let's actually um listen to a little clip of the song as good as i feel by funkadelic One of their lesser-known songs, I think, uh, compared to some of their other stuff. Yeah. But really good song. Definitely recognized it as a Funkadelic song when I heard it mm-hmm. in the game. So another song that we want to bring up is called Right On by Clarence Wheeler and the Enforcers. Actually, actually made me think of Clarence Carter, who was a different uh, I was just thinking of that guy, as soon as you but, said that. But uh, that's not him. But he's pretty Sad. funny. So they were never, I guess they were never that famous, because I could, I could barely find anything on these guys. I guess they were kind of at the forefront of the general transition of music that was at the late 60s, early 70s, how they were kind of transitioning from soul into kind of the more funk that, that we've talked about many times. Okay, this is not that related, because like, this is barely, I could barely find anything else about them, but I found that's kind of funny. It's that they were mostly signed to Atlantic Records during their run, but at some point they released a song under the very small Chicago-based Grits label, <laughs> and I... <laughs> 
I didn't know that there was a record label called Grits, but that's kind of funny. Especially in Chicago, because as much as Peter likes to think it is, it's not a southern city. <laughs> so, I've never heard of the Grits label, but I guess it's it's really small, and this is basically the only song... Or, this song is not wasn't under that label, but the one song they did under that label, that's the only song I could find at all under that label, so I don't know how small they were. Apparently really tiny. The song is called Right On by Clarence Wheeler and the Enforcers. Let's listen to a clip. song i i can definitely hear i don't know how to explain it but the the early 70s had a very distinctive sound in terms of funk because it was just getting its start so it was still kind of um, trying to find you know find a place for itself i guess if you could say it that way Mm. it's weird because it's not like a lot of the very early funk bands were ever that popular and it might be for that reason because funk was still trying to find itself yeah, because yeah, by the, by the early in the early seventies, funk was just in its like funky infancy. They were probably just experimenting with the sound and trying to keep more true to the more soul slash R and B stuff that was popular by like the late sixties. And you can still hear a little bit of influence of that, obviously, because it's got a transitional period. Exactly, because yeah, remember we were discussing the other week. Herbie Hancock like kind of was a little bit one of the forefathers of funkiness, uh, and he didn't even release his own solo funky album until like '69. Mm. And he was like kind of really the first guy to really experiment in a good way with that genre because he had so much influence with other genres like jazz and stuff. But yeah, good song. Similar to Big Joe Lewis, pretty obscure. Yeah. Big Joe Lewis contemporary, these guys are kind of more classic, but still. And that's cool that this uh, game introduces more obscure artists because honestly, if it weren't for this game, I probably wouldn't have discovered half of these people. Yeah. You find that you find music in interesting places. Yeah. Another song that I really like off of this, I guess, soundtrack for the game is Whatever It Is, I Just Can't Stop by Jamiroquai. Jamiroquai is kind of like a British acid jazz slash funk band that formed in 1992. They were like around the same time as those guys like Incognito that I think we discussed the other week and uh, Brand New Heavies, which I know we played a few of their stuff way back in the day. Mm -hmm. They kind of, yeah, they were around at the same time and and they were, all those guys were kind of from that sort of British resurgence of jazzy funk that happened in the early 90s yeah but this particular song comes off of their 1993 album emergency on planet earth one song from jamiroquai that i guarantee like 90 percent of you have heard uh at the end of at the end of the movie napoleon dynamite when he does his little dance routine right he does it to their song canned heat which is easily their most famous song and one of probably one of my favorite contemporary funk songs of all time yeah that's a pretty good song too but yeah jamiroquai came out of that whole early 90s scene and then they kind of became popular in the u.s and especially uh because of that napoleon dynamite movie peter you want to feel really old okay that movie came out in 2004 that's eight years ago wow <laughs> i know compared to like i guess majority of society we're probably we're just youngsters but stuff like that just makes me feel really old well you know you know what makes me feel old what? is when you have to select your birth date on like when you're filling out a form online and then you have uh-huh. to scroll down to find your year of birth <laughs> Oh, I know, right? (laughs) But yeah, let's listen to a little clip of whatever it is I just can't stop by Jamiroquai. (laughs) 
little bit similar to other other songs off this soundtrack. Definitely lesser known, especially because it came off their '93 album, which was probably their second album, so they weren't even really super popular yet. Mm. You know what's funny though? You know what that makes me think is remember I keep going back to Napoleon Dynamite. I the one weird thing about the movie is you can never really figure out when the heck it's supposed to be set. Like at first I mm. thought it was like 80s, and then like because of the way they dressed and the technology. But then I'm like, well, maybe it's modern times, and they're just poor. Mm-hmm. But that's actually because remember when we were saying about how the game, kind of tying it back to the video game here. Remember yeah, how, we yeah. were, how we were saying that like they could have made it modern day, but then feel really 70s. Uh-huh. I feel like that's what they did with Napoleon Dynamite, because Definitely. that that's modern day, but it feels very 80s in a yeah, lot of ways. It, it's, it's like a weird combination of like 80s and 70s because there's certain scenes that are just like completely 80s, like the prom scene and stuff. Yeah. But then some of the filters they use like look like they got took Instagram or something where mm-hmm. they have that sort of like washed out sepia brownish greenish tint, mm-hmm. which makes me think very 70s. But yeah, good movie. Completely irrelevant to this because we're talking about video games, but I just like that movie. Yeah. So our next song is called Beat Me Till I'm Blue by Alan Hawkshaw. This guy was actually a rock slash pop composer. Uh, and he was I think he was most popular during like the 60s and the 70s, as most of our other artists. But what I found kind of funny is that he's actually kind of partly known. These, he made a lot of theme tunes to like TV shows and news shows and ended up making a lot of stock music that's actually extensively used in film and TV since the 70s, basically. So I thought that was kind of interesting. This song, Beat Me Till I'm Blue, is a prime example of his style, which he actually, in a lot of cases, he use, he heavily uses the soul, the soul rock jazz uh, Hammond organ that is also found in a lot of other um, songs during this time of funk songs, like, uh, for example, Green Onions by Booker T and the MGs, which we've talked about several times on the show. There, there's a very distinctive um, organ-type sound that you hear. And uh, that's that's included in this song as well. So so that you can hear this organ style that I'm talking about, uh, let's go ahead and listen to a clip of "Beat Me Till I'm Blue" by Alan Hawkshaw. because you really don't see organs in music anymore like in any form they're kind of an outdated instrument even electronically reproduced i think it's kind of like didn't stand the test of time as far as like musical instruments but it's funny because i really i really dig that organy organ sound it's weird because like there's there's really rare times especially in older music there'll be a part where they use an organ first part of the song and i think man that's like a really cool sound and like almost nobody utilizes that I almost can guarantee that that organ sound and just organ in general definitely came from gospel music, because as many of you know, mm. organs are very much a church-type instrument. Right. Yeah. So that's my hypothesis, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that makes complete sense. I, I think depending on how you use it, it can actually sound really powerful. Definitely. It's a, it's a cool sound that you don't really get that much. Even, I mean, like, even with old music, I don't hear it that much. Yeah, which is a shame because exactly, it's a really, it has a really powerful and distinct sound that can add a really like high level of intensity to a song. Yeah. Moving along with our list of Driver San Francisco songs. Hey, holy cow, that rhymes. Moving along with that Driver San Francisco song. It's the San Francisco treat. <laughs> Rise, <laughs> from. Yo. I like that we just basically mixed like three different jingles into one terrible jingle. <laughs> 
Another song I wanted to talk about was a song by Robert Palmer called Sneakin' Sally Through the Alley, which also rhymes. That's true. Robert Palmer was actually an English singer-songwriter who had a pretty unique style of mixing soul, jazz, rock, pop, and reggae, and blues. That's a lot of different things. Yeah, like just a complete hob-cob. No. What's that word, Peter? Not hob-cob, like... Hodgepodge? Yeah, it's a complete hodgepodge of different sort of musical styles that really kind of turns into this unique homogeny of sounds. But yeah, Sneakin' Sally Through the Alley comes from his debut album, which was released in 1974. He has a lot of supporting artists, actually, featured on this album. Among them are the really, really popular instrumental funk band, The Meters. Mm-hmm. You know, that's actually a group that we didn't talk about when we talked about house bands. It's The Meters. And yeah. I think they were from um, New Orleans. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah. This album was actually partly recorded in New Orleans. Well, there you go. As long as a few other places. Does it say what, which... Um, recording studio it was, it was at uh it says island i don't oh i don't yeah. island records i'm not sure but it's that was based in jamaica and i know this album was also partly recorded in the bahamas oh obviously where his sort of reggae sort of caribbean sound comes in which yeah, i, I guess can dig. So. but yeah meters in their own right very cool it's instrumental band definitely on par with uh like booker t and funk brothers and those guys mm-hmm. let's listen to a little clip of sneak and sally through the alley by robert Pullman. definitely hear a really distinct mix of genres in there which i think is pretty unique it's it's kind of interesting it shows even back in the early 70s that they were like experimenting with these like genre busting sort of mixed mm. type uh influences i actually kind of noticed that when well when i heard this song in the game uh-huh. that it sounded a little bit like funky but also like a rock edge to it almost yeah it's a little bit different so I thought that was kind of interesting. You know what's funny? There's a lot, because after I heard the song, I totally had this like aha moment. There's a lot of songs, especially in the 60s and 70s, that have the name Sally. Yeah, it made me think of Mustang Sally. Exactly. Yeah. Probably because that name comes with a lot. Like, I honestly like would love to know how some artists come up with the names of like girls that they talk about in the album, if it just is like actual people that they're referencing or if they just pick names that rhyme with things. I wouldn't be surprised if they just picked names that were easily rhymable. Yeah, I, 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 I never heard a song about like a girl named like Shaniqua or Bethany. <laughs> that, is, that doesn't really rhyme with anything. Even Sally, though. I mean, I think there's only a couple of things that rhyme with that. So, Sally, Allie, Pally. Anyway, I'll, I'll let you th- sit there and think of rhymes while I talk about this next <laughs> song. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, Rally. So the next song in our fairly long list, actually, of songs that we have from this game, which is kind of cool, is a song called Funky So-and-So by a group called The Sugarman 3. Now, they're kind of a retro-funk band formed in New York uh, during the 90s, and they're actually, I found out they were actually signed to the contemporary soul label Daptone Records, which we actually want to talk about at some point on this show. Yeah, yeah, I remember I just discovered an artist a few weeks ago, and I found out he was from that record label, and they produce a lot of contemporary artist so I yeah it. it's pretty cool and so this particular song funky so-and-so was released in 2006 in terms of their style actually because we were talking about the meters just now 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually one of the groups I would compare them to because they're very primarily an instrumental soul group. So they're basically a modern day version of the Meters or Booker T and the MGs, very much in that same style. But you, I mean, it, in, in the big scope, you don't actually see that that often. I think it's kind of rare. I mean, especially now. But I mean, even back then. Yeah, it's it's funny that there's like really, unless you count certain genres like electronic, there's just not a lot of instrumental music anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe because with like today's fast paced technology-driven world, people don't have the patience for it or something. Yeah, that could be it. Just people don't like reading books without pictures. They don't like music without <laughs> words. <laughs> it's hard because, I mean, in a lot of ways, I really like instrumental music, but in other ways, I don't necessarily want to listen to it at certain points. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's, I think there's something to be said about kind of like catchy lyrics to a song. Definitely. There's a there's a time and a place for instrumental. It's funny, though, because um, our mutual friend Dan the Music Man, who we've Which also about, rhymes. He always constantly is saying how he basically almost solely listens to instrumental music because he says he doesn't like words muddying up things. Plus, it like mm. he usually listens to music as sort of like a background ambience when he's doing other things. Yeah, I mean a lot of it, a lot of his personal preference, but also it depends on what you're doing too. Because I mean, there's been times where I've tried to listen to instrumental music just for the sake of listening to it, and it was really hard. But then if I'm listening to it in the background while doing something else, I actually like it a lot better. Exactly. Uh, and then and then the other way around, too, where is if you're doing something else while you're listening to a song with lyrics, you don't appreciate the lyrics as much as if you're listening to it just on its own. Yeah, no, I could... I mean, it kind of goes both ways. Completely agree. I don't think we listened to a clip of Funky So-and-So yet, so let's go ahead and listen to a clip of that. sliver of their of their funky instrumental style definitely like i said in the same vein as those other classic funk groups that were instrumental as well yeah another song i wanted to discuss um off of the driver soundtrack is are you my woman tell me so by the shy lights we discussed the shy lights a little bit a few weeks ago when we were discussing doo-wop bands because they were one of the last famous really doo-wop centric groups Mm -hmm. and they really only had like four or five decently large hits but this was definitely one of their more. I mean, they had they had a few though, so I mean, yeah. they're not the most popular, but I mean, there's definitely some. Yeah, they're not uh, they're not the most popular, but like enough people have heard of them, they're not as obscure as some of these artists we've been talking about. Right. Yeah. But, definitely. Uh, definitely one of the more famous songs off of their track record is this song, "Are You My Woman? Tell Me So." Mostly for its really fast-paced brass intro. As soon as I hear it, I recognize the intro. It's one of those songs that you maybe not don't always know the artist. In fact, I remember when I heard it in the game, I had like tell the music to pause so it showed me the artist. Mm. But um, I immediately recognized that intro. So it's it's one of those songs that's more famous for the for the for the sound than the group a little bit. See, I don't know if I've ever heard this song by them. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if you heard, if you remember the intro, but I God, I heard it somewhere and it just completely stuck with me. Mm. But yeah, a little side note about the Shy Lights. They were inducted into the Vocal Hall of Fame in 1995. and The Vocal Hall of Fame? I've never heard of that. It's similar to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but I think it's for like uh, quartet or, on, or ensemble groups like doo and stuff. Right. Sad little anecdote about the Shy Lights, unfortunately, is uh, in 1997, while returning home from a concert in Pennsylvania, the Shy Lights, unfortunately, were involved in a really serious car crash. 
that resulted in one of the band members and one of the other band members' wives being ejected from the car. Jeez. Unfortunately, um, the one band member that was ejected had to have, like, a giant metal plate put in his back, and unfortunately, the other band member's wives died of her injuries. Oh, wow. Kind of a shame, such a good band to fall on such hard luck in that yeah. sort of way. Sadly, there, I remember just in talking about other bands, there's a lot of, like, unfortunate, like, bad luck kind of tragedies, it seems like. I mean, yeah, I, it seems bizarrely common. Yeah, right? Like like with Marvin Gaye or these guys or Al Green, there's just like these weird... And maybe it's just more because of their... Of their fame. Of their it's, fame, thank I you. Think, I mean, with a car crash, that's less controllable, obviously, than someone going crazy and trying to kill you. Yeah. Like, on purpose, but yeah, it's just odd. Yeah, it's it seems like far too many of a lot of these artists either like die in their prime or kind of fall out of uh, favor and then kind of just end up dying in, like, some sad sort of, like, unexpected way like like this. Yeah. Speaking of people who passed away, I was looking at Yahoo News yesterday, and unfortunately, um, Fontel Lass died. Oh, man. I think she was, like, 76, so she definitely, it was an old age type thing, but... Mm. She Wait, was, was she more of, like, she, jazz, or what was she? No, she was part of that sort of early 60s uh, sort of... Still kind of doo-wop-y, but more R&B sounds similar to, like, the Supremes and whatnot. Oh, uh, okay. Solo artist. Uh, rescue Me, probably easily. You know that song? Right, yeah, I'm I know baby and Rescue Me. So, yeah, fortunately, so let us pay our respects to the great Fontella Bass. May she rest in peace. So you said she was 76 years old. I am spalling. I just from what I remember, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well... I mean, that's that's a long time. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a case where they actually were able to live out their lifespan. Yeah. Okay, um, totally because we completely forgot to listen to The Shaw Lights because I started talking about Oh, yeah. <laughs> passed away. Let's that's listen true. to a little clip of You Are My Woman, Tell Me So by The Shaw Lights. with Aretha Franklin, probably the most one of the most famous, I guess, groups on here, and really, well, Funkadelic. Um, so yeah, we got a good mix of classic and contemporary, yeah. good balance. Yeah, it's 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 weird because I, I would say I would probably rec- I recognize about half of these mm. before seeing these in the game, but uh, the other half definitely I've never heard of. Actually, well, we have one more song we want to talk about, and this is by a group I I've not heard of, possibly because they're not really funk generally. The group is the Dirt Bombs, and the song is called Chains of Love. Now, the Dirt Bombs are generally kind of a punk grunge rock group from Detroit. Uh, I, that's probably why I haven't heard of them. I don't know if you have, Kyle. Nope. So this song, Chains of Love, is the opening song from their 2001 album, Ultra Glide in Black, which actually features almost all uh, covers of funk and soul songs, because I guess the band leader, Mick Collins, he grew up listening to this kind of music. Mm-hmm. So I guess they wanted to do an album that was kind of an homage to, to those songs. So, I mean, that's... It's it's a funny direction for a group like this, but um, I'm you know I'm never one to turn away from when when a group does something like that. That's kind of cool. It's so funny though, especially nowadays when you really find stuff like this and you just see like the most bizarre genres doing covers of like classic R and B and soul songs. It, it really shows just how many different people that these artists have influenced in every sort of genre and not just soul and disco and r&b and i mean it's it's, it's funny to see how wide the, the influence is with different 
how many things it has influenced. I mean, like, and this is a good example. Is you don't always expect it, but I mean, in a small way, it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool when they take a moment to kind of go back to their roots like this. Indeed. Let's go ahead and listen to a clip of Chains of Love by the Dirt Bombs. Definitely, it has a little bit of a kind of that rock style to it, a little bit. Yeah. It sounds pretty good. I like it. So the original version of Chains of Love, because we we were saying that this was a cover, the original was performed and co-written by R&B singer J.J. Barnes, who had some minor success in the 60s. I don't think he did quite that much. I think he wrote more songs that became popular than, than performed them, which, which which is sometimes the case when, when you're good at writing. And you know that doesn't necessarily mean that you're good at performing, so... But yeah, no, you know, these Dirt Bomb guys kind of remind me a little bit of the Black Keys just mm-hmm. in listening to them because they have that sort of grungy, hard rock sound that's then lent to these R&B cover, covers similar to when we were talking about the Black Keys cover of, oh gosh, I'm going to space. Oh, um, Jerry Butler's um, Never Gonna, never gonna give, give You Up. Thank you. Yeah, Jerry Butler's Never Gonna Give You Up. Definitely has that similar sort of like psychedelic rock affluence to it which i dig i those are two genres that people wouldn't really think mash up well but really do and i kind of wish that more artists would kind of fuse those two together i mean as we were talking about funkadelic they were influenced by like the classic psychedelic rock like Jimi hendrix and stuff and yeah. and they were really they had an amazing sound i wish more uh contemporary artists would kind of fuse that sort of like soul with psychedelic rock yeah it, it does it's a good point I, don't, I haven't really thought about that before but I mean, it does sound good. I mean, it's proven itself to sound good. I think a lot of people haven't really done too much of that. I don't, I'm not really sure why. Maybe, maybe it's just difficult to, you know, to do well. Yeah. You know, you know. Now that I'm just kind of mulling it over in my head, you know, what uh, group really that has that sound that I think did a really good job of it is um not the brand new heavies. I think it's just the heavies. Was it not? Is it not the brand new heavies? Oh, it's just it's just the heavy. <laughs> yeah, those guys are from England, but they have like that awesome sort of funk soul slash psychedelic rock sound mm-hmm. that I dig. So I wish, I'll rephrase it to say, I wish more artists did stuff like that. Good stuff. I think that concludes our list of artists from the soundtrack for Driver San Francisco. Yeah. There's, like I said, there's probably about 50 plus songs at least that you can scroll yeah. through when you play the game. Uh, so these definitely aren't all of them. There's definitely a lot of other good ones. These are just the ones that stood out to us. Mm-hmm. So odd subject matter, but I think, um, I think it fits well because a it helps us it helped us and hopefully helps listeners discover a lot of these more contemporary or obscure artists that you wouldn't otherwise really stumble across. B video games isn't really a it seems like we talk about every other form of technology except video games so I guess we <laughs> do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can take it. Well, I I just I found it funny that you know because we do the show about once a week now, mm-hmm. you know about this type of music and then. We both bought this game, you know, a couple of days ago. Yeah. And then realized, oh, hey, there's a lot of this music in it. So it was kind of a funny coincidence in that way. It is. But yeah, I would say definitely, I don't really see us coming back to video games anytime soon. Unless they make, like, a 70s-themed, like, Grand Theft Auto, which would be really cool, actually, now that I think about it. That would be actually really cool. But don't, um, don't the Grand Theft Auto games actually have a lot of, um, 
of this type of music. Yeah. At least not a lot, but like yeah, especially like they have it. Stuff. They have it set up in the game where when you're driving around, you can switch between between different radio stations, mm-hmm. and one of the they have different genres like XM radio or something where you can switch to like funk or soul stations. Uh, okay, it's kind of cool. Because I haven't really played them, but I know that I, I, there's been several times where you know unless I I know a, a song like a funk or soul song, and then a lot of people say, oh, you know, that's from Grand Theft Auto. So, I mean, I guess whatever way people are exposed to this type of music, uh, that's fine. Yeah. Even if they're punching hookers in the process. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, al- along with the music, if if anyone's interested in checking out Driver San Francisco, I don't know if it's still on sale. It's, it's part of the, the Steam Holiday, games. Holiday sale, yeah. It was it was on sale for, like, $7 recently. Uh, it doesn't look like it's on sale anymore. Oh, sad face. Regular price, it's usually cut down to about um, nineteen fifty or so. So, I mean, if you have an extra few bucks to play a fun driving game, then I would recommend it so far. Hey, one thing I'll say to game makers, put more funk music in your games because it sounds cool. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a small, very small percentage of people that like it. Well, that, and also... I, I can't really imagine what other types of video games would have this type of music. I mean, because the only way that it even vaguely makes sense for a game like this mm. is that it's like, oh, it's on the radio, and the radio can play whatever music they want. Exactly. So, but other than, other than that, I mean, there's really no reason for it to be in any video game, really. You know what they should have done? Okay, remember the, in, the, in Portal 2, when you go through the one area and it starts kind of like reminiscing about, like, the portal of the 70s and that even shows, like, the 70s port, uh, Aperture logo. Yeah, because you go you go through all the old parts of the uh, of the facilities and it, it's pretty much all just abandoned in different decades of, of and, like, phases of the company. Yeah, it's, so, they should have had, like, funk, like, back music in that. That would have been funny. That would have been funny. We hope you listeners have an enjoyable transition into 2013 because I don't think we'll be doing another episode before New Year's. Just want to mention that we were thinking about trying to tie it in with New Year's, but it's not that it's not as easy as you would think. Plus, this ended up happening, so I think this turned out pretty well actually, because we had what ten songs or so. I mean, that's more than we usually have. Yeah, true. So, if you liked our show, please uh, subscribe to us on iTunes so that you can get our updates every week or so. And if you also want to, you can like us on Facebook. Our group is called Funk Radio. So you can get um, not only updates of when our episodes are posted, but also sometimes we will post cool links to to songs and stuff that we like. So, yeah, that's all we got for this episode, and we hope you join us next week for another exciting episode of Funk Radio. Yeah, well, this has been your host, Peter. And this has been your host, Kyle. We hope you've enjoyed Funk Radio. We sure have. Yeah. (laughs) Have a very safe and happy New Year's, everyone. Bye, have fun. Bye. For more podcasts and the latest news in gaming, movies, and entertainment, visit 8thCircuit.com.